0: to the game the game after work the game after dark mitch fortner and travion Berkland coming up at 6 30 approximately we'll have manhattan high basketball at the roundhouse in mcpherson the house that mark ewing built taking on shiny mission east 6 30 is the approximate tip time and troy will be joining us about 15 minutes prior to tip off a little pre-game action Hour 2 of the game of course features number 1 song of the day and ask us anything also the return of Mitch in Vegas haven't had it for about a month well actually more than a month it's been like a month and a half but it's returning later on in this hour we are now joined by Mason Voth from Ema online Mason I told the listeners a couple of weeks ago that I would randomly play games of trivia would you be down for a little trivia right here right now
1: uh yeah, no, I'm I'm always down for that.
0: So I always just make up the game, kind of just whatever. It's never the same. Travion, I'm going to give you uh I'm going to give you some TV trivia. Okay? And Mason's going to get Major League Baseball trivia. <laughs> okay. Who wants to go first? Travion, do you want to go? Let our guest go first. All right, we'll let our guest go first. All right, Mason who was the last Reds pitcher to lead the National League in strikeouts?
1: The last Reds pitcher to lead the National League in strikeouts. Um, okay, well, it wouldn't, I don't think it'd be Cueto. Cueto was more of like a, a pitch-to-contact guy. Um, gee, many Christmas. Did you give me like an era? Like, Can you give me anything like that? Oh uh, yeah, I'll give
0: you the era. I'll give you twenty tens. Well,
1: nah. Le- he led the National League in strikeouts. Am I that big of an idiot to not know? I, I guess I gotta go. Um, Bronson Arroyo.
0: That is incorrect. It was Johnny Cueto.
1: No kidding, huh? I would I would not have guessed that he led the league in strikeouts. Two
0: hundred forty-two in twenty fourteen. All oh, right,
1: dang. All Well, right. the Royals got him at the right time.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Travion, Michael Saris' character in Arrested Development, <laughs> shares a name with which pop legend?
2: I literally don't know his name in the show, so cannot tell you. Man, Mason, can I steal?
0: Yeah, Mason's going to steal. What do you got? Cool. Uh, say it again, you cut out. Say, say it one more time. You're cutting out like the first half of it's cutting out. All right. George Michael. That's correct. There we go. Now we have you loud and clear. one nothing, Mason. Mason in control here. I don't, I don't know where we're playing. 2-3, I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll just kind of see how this goes. Uh, I'm trying to not to ask you the, uh, the hardest questions in the world here as I just kind of pulled up a website. Uh, Mason, who was the last rookie to lead the American or National League? In stolen bases.
1: Uh Rodriguez.
0: That is incorrect. Travion, do you want to try to steal?
2: I'm blanking here, Mitch. I wouldn't have no idea.
0: That would be Mike Trout.
1: Where did Rodriguez finish this year then? Like he was up there. I think he led the AL.
0: I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) Travion.
1: You got to come packed with us. I got questions, Mitch.
0: Travion, your question is Which Game of Thrones star was nominated for an Emmy for every single season? Peter Dinklage. That is correct. We're tied at one. Oh, boy, do we got a nail biter here. All right, Mason, we're back to baseball. Who has the highest slugging percentage among third basemen in the Hall of Fame?
1: Mm. There's a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame, Mitch. Um, I just
0: asked the questions.
1: I know. These, these, these questions, I mean, asking me specific uh, statistical questions are a little tricky. Um,. Uh, well, so I mean, I'm, I'm got some guys coming to my mind. Um, third baseman, in the all the same. Uh, I mean, just just to save myself, I mean, he didn't hit it, like a plethora of home runs, but he did a lot of other things, and he was consistent at. It, so I'll just say George Brett.
0: That is incorrect, Travion? <laughs>
2: I didn't even listen to the question this time, I'll be honest. <laughs> it
0: was Chipper Jones.
1: Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense.
0: See, the thing is, like, I, I don't know how great your major—I know you follow it very closely, but I don't know how deep your knowledge goes, so we're kind of learning about— uh, Well,
1: I mean, it. you're asking, like, very specific questions that really have zero bearing <laughs> on anything, like— Maybe the slugging percentage thing, like a third baseman in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. That's even a stretch, but like some of that stuff, like, is just very random. Now, if you were to ask, like, more, like, long term, like, you know, who's, I don't know. I, I think that I think they're a little uneven here, but that's okay. I mean, I got the steal earlier, so that's fine. I like this though. I'm I'm fine with being challenged.
0: All right, next question here for Travion and TV trivia. As I look for uh, for questions here, uh, let's see here. What was the Bayside High gangs hideout spot, hangout spot rather in say by the Bell? Never seen it. Oh my God. Nope, never seen it. Mason, do you have a clue?
1: No, I what? I mean, I don't. I don't know how old Travion is, but this does not sound like something he would have ever seen or needed <laughs> to see.
0: Uh, the Max. It was called The Max. I'm a 2001 baby, so... Uh,
1: might... Yeah, I mean, gee, many Christmas. I was born three <laughs> years earlier, and I got, like, zero care and all TBS that. is question.
0: TBS has been showing reruns of Say by the Bell since 1995.
1: Uh, but when? When in the day? The only reruns I ever saw on TBS was Seinfeld when my dad got home from work. So I... I could not tell you a thing about Saved by the Bell other than it sounds like a terrible show.
2: I know about the notorious, like, drug episode, but that's about it.
0: Hmm. I'm looking—geez, man, these, uh, these questions are pretty <laughs> hard. I gotta be—I'm at MLB.com. That's where I went for this trivia. It was the first thing that popped up. I'm trying to find something that might be a little bit easier.
1: Well, I don't know. I appreciate them trying, you know, something.
0: When, but, when David, here, Here's one for you. When Rich Hill <laughs> made his Major League debut in relief June 15th of 2005, who was the team's starting pitcher? And, Is,
1: in two, I was seven years old when Rich Hill made his debut.
0: I'll give you a hint. It's for the Cubs. I don't know
1: what team Rich Hill started with. Uh, okay. He was with the Cubs? Yeah. Um. Well, old Greg Maddox.
0: Greg Maddox is right.
1: How about yeah, that? I but I, Rich, I didn't even know Rich Hill played for the Cubs in his career. Like I've known he's played for the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Rays and the Twins. All these teams recently, but is that, this is a little insane.
0: I, I'm going to get one more, one more TV question in here. One more TV question. We'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. Oh, boy. Let's see here. I do have an interesting Mario Lopez story, though. I met Mario Lopez uh, at Sirius XM.
2: Oh, nice. Nice.
0: All right. Final question here, Travion. What instrument did the mother play in How I Met Your Mother? Uh, bass. That is right. Yeah. That is right.
2: I love that show, so all right. well, if we're... I didn't
0: get that one right, that would be an issue. Alright, we gotta move on because we, we've been doing this for 10 minutes, and we got we got Mason here for a reason to talk a little cats, talk a little hoops, maybe talk a little football. We'll get to it. But first of all, Mason, Jerry Pollard, where does he rank when it comes to your favorite Big 12 referees? Uh,
1: he's, he doesn't make the list. Um, one, because I don't think he's very good at his job. And uh, two because he is a St. Louis Cardinals and a Tiger fan. So uh, I'm out on Jerry Pollard.
0: Did you know every time he points in a direction to tell us who has the possession, he goes, boom.
1: That makes me hate him even more.
0: Yeah, right. Boom. Right. Yeah. Same, same, same. I he He's not my least favorite because of that reason. Just that alone. I, I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. But, uh. Bigger surprise in the Sunflower Showdown. Grady Dick only hitting 1-3 or um, Sills for K-State with 24 points and he's maybe their best scorer at the rim?
1: That, that's a great question because uh, that question is as equally as difficult as the trivia you just asked. Because I, I would have probably told you I didn't expect a game like that out of Desi, but it definitely seemed more possible to me. Than a guy that profiles to be, um, one of the, like, one of the more easily disliked Jayhawks to play in this thing, missing seven of his attempted eight threes. So, um, I would go with the Grady Dick route. Cause Desi, at least, like, Desi is confident and he's got the, the ability to every once in a while pop off and do something like that. I would not have anticipated it in that game, but it, it doesn't surprise me that. Uh, he had a game like that. However, I am shocked that Grady Dick went one for eight from the three-point line.
0: What did you take away from Coach Tang's post-game speech and even his message to the fans and the students before the KU game? What did you take away from that?
1: Um, I, you know, I, I I got it, and I get what he's what he's trying to do. Uh, I think I think all the, the messages he has sent and his staff has sent the last couple of weeks that have maybe been taken and. Um, in kind of a weird manner by by the fans. Um, they're the right message to send. I think it just is about sending it maybe in a, a way that's so in your face. But if it works, it works. Like, I just think that there are some things that the last two weeks, me as a guy that grew up, you know, in a K-State family, went to K-State, I thought to myself, eh, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, you got to look at it. But in the end, he does want the same thing that I want as as a case stater. He's just communicating it in a way differently than I would and he's much better about doing that than I am. Like he he has spoken in front of many more people in many more important situations than I have and he's done much more important things than me and he's figured out a way to to get everybody to buy in. So at the end of the day like the results are coming with it and he's making things happen and and that's why I said, you know, previewing the game this week like if he's going to say what he said on Monday about kind of downplaying uh, the rivalry with KU, then he's going to have to back it up because if they had gone out there and gotten beat by 15 on Tuesday, then we're having a much different conversation. But instead he had him go toe to toe with KU and one of his best players only scored four points in the game and they still won it. And that scene afterwards was incredible. The, the sound that was inside of Bramlage when the final horn went off was impressive. So, yeah, I, I, I was a little shaky, and I, I still think maybe there are some ways to work the what his message is being presented as better, but the the results he's gotten out of it have been perfect, and, and I can't fault him for it.
0: I, I thought Emo Online did a did some great work at the press conference. Shout out to Alec Bussey, who got the story out of Jerome Tang. And, also, and first of all, it was Marquise Noel telling the story about how Marquise – sent a text to, to uh, Gene Taylor, athletics director, about hiring. He's like, he, I think Jerome Tang should be the next head coach of K-State men's hoops. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if, you know, if, if that really was a big deciding factor for Gene or if the decision was already made. We obviously don't know that side of the story. But uh, my question is out of that. So if you could text right now J.J. Bacolo and make a recommendation to him, in in really any area you want to, what recommendation would you make? And, of course, he's the new uh, general manager of the Royals.
1: Mitch, it's funny you mention that. I texted him like three days ago, and I said, you know what this bullpen could really use is a guy in his mid-30s, just had the worst season of his career, went AWOL from his team in the middle of a playoff push, and he's got a history of alleged domestic violence and some other criminal charges. Uh, he, but he throws heat out of his left arm. overall' Chapman, that's the, that's the kind of guy <laughs> we should target. And what do you know? They they signed him today. So, oh, it's um, official. Just as, much as Gene, just as much as Gene is listening to Marquise Noel, I think J.J. is listening to me just as much.
0: Man, is that, is that more controversial than Kendall Bryles going to TCU?
1: It's not because at least like the Royals could benefit in the long run. Like If things do work out with Chapman they could deal him at the deadline and get, like, a decent return. Like, not anything you know, crazy, but they could get something of value. TCU is getting zero value out of single Bryles because Kendall Bryles is fun, but they could have found somebody equally or close to as talented as what he can be as an offensive coordinator. Um, I That's a mess. Sonny Dyke seems like a great guy, and he's done a great job down there, but – he's not winning uh, the PR war when it comes to hiring people because he loves to turn to dudes that had something to do at Baylor.
0: Back to K-State basketball. Where's now the ceiling for this team?
1: Well, that's that's kind of what... um, I I had to ask Alec that yesterday and and try to push the conversation forward and, and figure out how you talk about this team now because it's gone from man, this is impressive what Jerome Tang is doing, and, and this team is fun again. And There's energy and there's excitement to wake up. You're 33% of the way through the Big 12 schedule, and this team's tied for first place, and they just took down the perennial power in it. Um, I, I don't think K-State wins the Big 12 this year, but at this stage in the game, like you have to start treating them more so as a Big 12 contender as opposed to just this cute little story that's going to be one of seven teams into the NCAA tournament. So I think it starts with that where, um, I mean, after this weekend, they they get the um, 6-1 and in conference play. Um, Then that matchup with Iowa State becomes really important, and that's when I think it would probably heat up a little bit more. Um, And you start to say, okay, what does this mean for this team trying to win the Big 12 championship? Um, Again, I still don't think it's likely – but I do think that's how we have to start talking about them because at this stage, they're an NCAA tournament team. They're going to be playing in, into March. And they also, I mean, we should start talking about, like they probably need to be thinking about the, the second weekend. Like that's the kind of level of talent that they have and that they're playing at right now. And one of the things that um, uh, me and, and the guys I work with at EMA Online, Alec and Gabe, we, we had talked about probably two weeks ago um, when Marquise and Keontae were in the middle of you know, their giant heater they were on, and it was how many times are they going to – like how deep will, will they have to go into the NCAA tournament before they face a team that has two better players than what K-State has, especially in the way that Noel and Johnson play with each other and beat off of each other because there aren't going to be very many teams. Because if you look at what took place on, on Tuesday night, Yes, Kansas might have the more talented duo in Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick, but they don't play as well together, and they don't do – I mean, there's something special about what Noel and Johnson do. And you think about that in terms of the NCAA tournament, like, you may have to get to, like, the Sweet 16 for sure in the Elite Eight before K-State would face a team that has a better duo than them. So the the ceiling continues to rise, and – if they if they're six and one going to Ames on Tuesday, and that's a top ten matchup for first place in the Big Twelve, um, th- we're going to be having a, a lot of different conversations about them than what we were, you know, three weeks ago.
0: Speaking with Mason Voth from Email Online, I loved your point about the duo that K State has that not many across the country could probably match up with, or at least when it comes to its talent, be able to compete against when it comes to who's better. Uh, as this team has, has shown us many times now this year, especially in Big 12 play, how resilient it is. But, you know, to the point where Keontae Johnson's in foul trouble and Marquise Noel is not scoring, like, KU okay, did a good job of taking away his offense and K State still led by five at the half. Talk about resilience and talk about a team playing as a team when they need to. All right. To wrap up here, Mason. I'm going to bring back Mitch in Vegas for this next segment. That'll tackle the NFL playoffs divisional round. Cowboys, 49ers. I'll let you be a guest picker for this game as 49ers or four point favorite.
1: The, uh, the Niners were four point favorite. Okay, I didn't know the I didn't know the, the number yet on that one. Um, well, I'm I'm taking the Cowboys to at least cover, um, but I, I think they win like. They are due. Like, all these other teams in the NFL have lucked their way into conference championship appearances or deep runs, and yet the Cowboys somehow in my lifetime, I will turn 25 in April, and in my lifetime, the Cowboys somehow have not been one of those teams. And I think that they have the talent to do that. They probably played their best game of the year against the Buccaneers coming off their worst game of the year. And in addition to that, Brock freaking Purdy that is starting for the San Francisco 49ers. At some point, he has to start looking like the guy we saw in Ames, Iowa, that had all this talent around him and quarterback like a 7-16 his last year that made some of the dumbest turnovers known to mankind. It's just going to take a team that can actually put the heat onto him, and the Cowboys need to figure out a way to do it, because I know that Iowa State Brock Purdy is trapped in there somewhere, and he wants to come out, so he needs to be let out on Sunday night, and I think the Cowboys are playing the NFC Championship next week.
0: Yep, backwards interception at Trayvon Diggs. I'm sure. Yeah, I think losing. Yep. To Brock, Brock losing to Brock Pretty would be like worst case scenario nightmare. I can see
1: it now. It's there's a minute thirty five left to play in the game. The Cowboys only have one timeout left. It's third and eight, and the Forty Nine ers are at like their own twenty three yard line and Micah Parsons rips through. He's got Purdy in his grasp, and Purdy says, you know what, instead of taking this sack, I'm just flinging this sucker in the air. And you're right, it's Trayvon Diggs, opportunistic right there. He houses it, and the Cowboys stand tall, and they're playing uh, the Eagles for the NFC Championship the following week.
0: Mason, let's hope Brett Maher can hit his extra points. Thanks for your time, and we'll uh, be talking to you soon.
1: All right, sounds good. And uh, I know know that Manhattan isn't playing McPherson by the sounds of it, But I'm rooting for the seven other teams that are at the uh, McPherson Invitational this week. So take down the Bullpups.
0: That's Mason Voth from Ema Online. Tribe taking on Shawnee Mission East around 6.30. Now, Troy Coverdale is on location at the Roundhouse right now. He plans to join us for our next segment, making a few predicts with Mitch in Vegas. After these words. my head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep... Ah, uh, Sin City, it's been a minute. It is Mitch in Vegas as we're about to predict the four division-around matchups of the NFL playoffs. We're also going to be joined right now by Troy Coverdell, who's at the Roundhouse in McPherson, about to call Manhattan High Hoops here in about an hour or so. Let's go ahead and step into the casino and make some picks. Actually, here, here's the deal. Go go ahead and we'll take us to the casino if you don't mind there, Travion. Troy I know your mind is like a steel trap how good is your major league baseball trivia uh,
3: mm, it's all right
0: I figured you're a big baseball guy that you might know some tough
3: trivia oh I I yeah you know, I never say that I know everything I'll put it that way hmm okay. I, I fool my I can fool myself with what I know at times and can fool myself with what I don't know at times all right, well, how about
0: this? Who was the only player in the 1980s to lead the American League in stolen bases in a season besides
3: Ricky Henderson? Uh, ho, ho, ho. Um, Cardinals player. Um, why can I not think of his name? Because I want to say, McGee, but that isn't right.
0: I'll give you a hint. It was,
3: it was his teammate. Well,
0: no, actually, I'll I'll give you a hint. You're in the wrong area. Think West Coast. Really?
3: Really? All right. See, I was thinking. uh, I was thinking Tarp Incident '85, and that's why my mind went there. Remember, it was was, who's the only player
0: in the 1980s to lead the American League in stolen bases in a season besides Ricky? Major league,
3: yeah. Uh, sorry, I was thinking full um, uh, full majors, not just American League. Um, so West Coast would have to be Seattle or the Angels, besides it being Oakland. And I am drawing a blank. Harold Reynolds. Okay, there's the Mariner. Yep, okay. I know. That's really tough, Would right? Have, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a tricky one. That is absolutely a tricky one.
0: All right, Troy, let's make some picks here. I'm going to start with the NFC first. We have Giants and Eagles at 7:15 Saturday on Fox. Philly is favored by 7.5 points. What are you feeling about that?
3: Uh, I don't know that they're going to have that type of a flow. I really look for that to be a much closer ball game even than that while philly may win i would take that more like a one and a half
0: i agree i'm gonna go with the new york giants as well because new york the giants have found its flow offensively and especially in the second half of the season and we saw that flow i think in the wild card game against the minnesota vikings And Daniel Jones is doing so much better of taking care of the football. I'm not calling upset, but I think it's more of a three-point game. I do pick the Eagles to go to the NFC Championship game, but who will they play, Cowboys or 49ers? That's Sunday on Fox at 530. San Francisco is favored by four points.
3: I'm going to have to go with that one because I like what they've been able to accomplish, and I don't believe that Dak Prescott can continue his run of not turning the ball over.
0: Well, that, that offense for the Cowboys was, was dynamite after the first couple of possessions at Tampa Bay. Uh, yep. I, I would, I would just – would that
3: was against Tampa.
0: <laughs> I, I would just – I would roll up in a ball – and getting you know into the fetal position and maybe rock back and forth if the Cowboys lost to Brock Purdy, I, I don't think I could swallow that. That that would be <laughs> one of the worst results as a Cowboy since I've been alive, and I've and I've been alive for three Super Bowl victories. Poor Mason Voth, he finally got his first road playoff win as a Cowboys fan in his life. The thing is, like th- I think this is a low scoring game because these are two really good defenses. I mean, you're talking about two of the best, two of the top three when it comes to forcing turnovers in the NFL this year. Just can the Cowboys' defense keep Brock Purdy's passing in check? I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm, I'm, i i got to take the Cowboys. That would be insane. I cannot pick Brock Purdy over the Cowboys. Let's go to the AFC. 2 o'clock Sunday on CBS, Bengals and Bills. Buffalo is, of course, favored, but they're favored by five and a half.
3: Again, I look for that to be a much lower number. I know that the Bengals are exceptionally fired up, given that they are going into that game feeling slighted because of everything that has played out in the time after the DeMar Hamlin collapse. Uh, but the Bills will be fired up. Given that Hamlin is in the building already this week, uh, but I just I see that as a closer ball game than five, in that I I think that Joe Burrow's got something up his sleeve offensively that he's going to be able to put together against this Buffalo team. I I know it's
0: crazy, but I'm taking a dog once again like you are. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals to cover the five and a half. Big reason is because can the Buffalo Bills. And can Josh Allen take care of the football? Can they limit their mistakes? I mean, and, and you know, as a K State fan and K State fans listening, to be honest, a gigantic reason that the Buffalo that the uh, Miami Dolphins had a shot in the game to take the lead in the second in the in the second quarter is because of the mistakes the Buffalo Bills were making and Josh Allen fumbling the football, throwing a couple of picks, and also really great returns by those that intercepted the football by the Dolphins. And also a great thing for the Dolphins was Skylar Thompson executing in short distance, especially on the touchdown, in the back of the end zone. I'm going to go. I, I think the Buffalo Bills do win, but again, it feels like a three-point game, but I'm going to say the Bengals will cover the five-and-a-half. And then finally, might be the only playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium this year. <laughs> Chiefs and Jaguars 3.30 NBC, it's actually the first game of the playoff slate. It's going to follow the Cats very shortly after the K-State game and it'll wrap it up at about 3 o'clock. But Troy, the Chiefs' favorite at home by 8.5. They are the biggest favorite.
3: And with good reason because they tend to play well coming off of bye weeks under Andy Reid. It has become a trend for them to be strong off their bye weeks. They get to take advantage of that at home this week against a Jacksonville team that needed to come back last week even to get to a, a point of being in this game and needed some luck to do it, I really think that that 8.5 is about right for what the Chiefs will probably do on Saturday.
0: It was awesome watching last weekend the Jaguars come back and beat the Chargers, That, especially with how bad of a first half that Jaguars team had. Right. But Trevor Lawrence and the Cobra Khans are about to run into a buzzsaw, I think. Arrowhead Stadium is going to be rocking because they probably feel like... All right, we're the first team out there for the divisional round. We don't know what the results are yet of the Bills and Bengals. This might be our only shot to try to carry the Chiefs until the next round. Unless a ton of them travel to, you know, Atlanta, and it's the Bills they have to play. But of course, it could be the Bengals, but we don't know. We'll find out. But I I just... I, I think... The Jaguars' defense, they're good against a run, but it's the pass you worry about the most, I think, with the Chiefs, and they give up way too many passing yards. So I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to cover the eight-and-a-half points. Troy, thanks. We'll uh, catch up with you in the next hour with Manhattan High Hoops. Sounds good. That's Troy Coverdale from the Roundhouse to McPherson. We'll take a break and come out up next, your number one song of the day on the game. What,
2: what, what, what? What 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 what
3: what
0: no, Travion did not pick this one out. I did. I picked it out.
1: From is... um, 2013, I'm
0: Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Six weeks at number one. I remember this came out like a few months after I started working here. Or remember Sean Rock, who's a hard rock, heavy metal gal, was Bumping this in her offense. I was like, Offense, I was like, What is this? She's like, It's Thrift Shop, kid. Hip hop duo from Seattle. They formed in 08. Macklemore, the rapper. Ryan Lewis, a DJ and record producer. Started performing, starting doing some uh, music making. Took a hiatus in 2016. Reunited in 2021. That's about as interesting as they get with that relationship. Only two studio albums, but five top forty hits out of that, and they had two number ones. This was their second, and it's from that debut album, The Heist. That album was huge. I don't time. I
2: don't know another song off that album, Trayvon. You might have to help me out. White Walls Can't Hold Us. Do you um, own it? I do not, but I had it on my PSP back in the day. I watched Wha- this video so many times as
0: well. Like I have it ingrained in my brain. Well, Macklemore is what he's doing here. It's a parody of materialistic content of contemporary rap music, which rhymes about shopping for clothes at thrift shops, obviously. The Seattle native doesn't care if he's wearing your grandmother's coat, your grandfather's sweater, as he's a prolific thrift shopper. Macklemore told MTV News this song is a way of life. Rappers talk about, oh, I buy this, I buy that. And I spend this much money and make it rain and this type of champagne and painting the club and this is the kind of records that it's the exact opposite. As he explained, it's the polar opposite of it. It's kind of standing for like, let's save some money. Let's keep some money away. Let's spend as little as possible and look as fresh as possible at the same time. This is Dave Ramsey's favorite rapper, by the way. Okay. I thought that was a pretty good joke. I mean, <laughs> it's you know, especially on K-Man, and we got right. Ramsey uh, from 11 to 2. And anyway, it's an interesting choice for sure. I didn't get a big laugh. I was like, I was hoping that a Travion. This single was dubbed the first song since 94 to top the Hot 100 while not being backed by a major record label. This was also... So this song was number one two separate times, but close, pretty close together, kind of. Um, four weeks for one stint. The second was for two weeks. There was a five-week gap in between. That was the longest ever... For a number one, since Chubby Checker's "The Twist" went first number one in 1960, and then again in 1962. But then Miley Cyrus came around, and "Wrecking Ball" had two runs at number one, nine weeks apart. But this did win a Grammy award, actually a couple won a couple of Grammy awards for Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song at the 2000, the 2014, excuse me, 2014 ceremony. Okay, so hold on a second. Best rap performance, best rap song. Is that not the same thing?
2: No, it's like the same with like best pop song, best pop performance. It's like their way it, of... It can be different because the song could be really good, but the performance
0: could be really bad. Uh, I mean... Or vice versa. Yeah. okay. Music video has been viewed 1.7 billion times on YouTube as of today. Thrift Shop was the second best-selling single of 2013. Number one, Robin Thicke's Bird Lines. Wow. Which I also remember that music video... That was as huge two, as well. ...has two versions. Yes. And the two versions are... ...naked women... Mm-hmm. ...clothes on women. Yes. you choose. <laughs> By the way, did you know... That Macklemore did a, did a parody of his own song on Sesame Street. It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, so the parody of Thrift Shop. He played the character of lamore
2: Like, is it an actual puppet or is it him? No, it, with it's the him, puppets. but that's okay.
0: kind of his just name for the bit. But he, what he's doing, he's, he's he shows Oscar the Grouch and his other grouches the proper way to recycle their trash. Awesome. But this this song doesn't mean anything to me at all. It's very nostalgic. Came out in middle school for oh, me. Oh yeah, I mean for sure like you yeah, for sure. This is like never scared by bone crusher for me. <laughs> or, or like or for you, I should say. <laughs> See, Bone Crusher, Never Scared. That came out in like, like 03, 04 or something like that, maybe 05. Right. Yeah,
2: like 2011 to 2013, that's like that sweet spot of songs I listen to, and
0: I'm like, man, that just takes me back. All right, Travion, cut the thrift shop. Although I am a thrift shop fan. I haven't been to one in a while, but I was, I've always been a fan of just looking around, seeing what they have. I remember finding a Slayer clock, the band Slayer. I found a, a clock. clock in a thrift shop and it was two bucks. That was one of the best buys I've made in my life. That's like really random for them at least. All right. Go ahead, Travion. Hit the music. We'll squeeze in some Ask Us Anything. What do you got?
2: Well, first and foremost, let me get my questions up. Um, What's something you learned in the last week that you didn't know before? God,
3: I don't know. that
0: Bill's self is human. I could tell in his eyes the heckling he was getting. (laughs) That, uh, you know, some of it was a bit soul-crushing. Also, as a Hall of Fame coach as he is, you know, sometimes he could call a timeout at the absolute wrong time. Yeah. (laughs) That's about it. I got
2: such a short memory. I mean, I guess you could say learning about David Crosby's death, or maybe something else menial like that.
0: Rest in peace, David Crosby. We found out the last hour. Crazy. Um, What was your best birthday? Do you have an answer? Do what I have an that, answer? Was that your answer? Wait, what uh, have?
2: what? Did, uh, yeah, that'll be my answer. I can't think of anything right now. I've learned that college is still as hard three years in as it was when I first started.
0: My best birthday... I've had some good ones. You know, I remember when I was like seven. I I got a bike, and I got a bunch of wrestling action figures. I had an ice cream cake. Uh, that was a great birthday. Also, when I turned 22. First of all, my 21st birthday, I had to spend that day moving to college. And the first beer I had at 22, or 21 was a Coors Light at Pizza Hut in Concordia. <laughs> oh, at that Pizza Hut, okay. And somebody underage bought it for me. Mm. And then I also had a liquor store right behind my house, and I went and bought a 30-pack for everybody that, of course, wasn't of age. And Right. Well, just sat around had a good time because college started the next day. 22 uh, friends threw me a party. Yes. And I did. I, it was kind of a surprise party. The surprise was it was a lot more people than I was expecting. Like, how much were we talking? So it was a small apartment. It was a one-bedroom apartment. There was about, at the most, I think 30 people in there.
2: That's a tight fit. And I knew just about all of them. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Do you remember what the birthday theme for your seven birthday was? It wasn't wrestling? It wasn't anything specific?
0: I remember my mom went to Gibson's in, right. in Clay Center. Mm-hmm. My dad loves that store. And they used to have these edible arrangements that you could put on cakes. Right. And there used to be one of like a football and it had a numbers like you could also like write out the number and all that. That was the theme. Like it was just a bland cake, nothing on it, but you'd get these edible things you could place into it. Nice. Nice. There was a football and there was my number seven and that was number 38 in football. I'm not 38 yet. How still old are you by the way? I'm thirty two. Thirty-two. I just turned twenty one. But 21 I still look twenty one. You turned
2: what? Say that again? I turned twenty one last month, so like a month. Do, did we celebrate
0: that? I don't think I really told anybody, but like Damn Dave. it, Travion. <laughs> we would have made a huge deal out of that. I would have been asked like, we're going to play trivia tonight. Lindsay's <laughs> coming. Come play trivia with us. Although you're probably busy since you work and
2: well it, it was on December 27th And I took that week off too So it was kind of like oh, that weird yeah. in between You guys were off Well you specifically were off in New Orleans And all that stuff So,
0: Well shout out to Travion He's 21 years old now If you see him somewhere go buy him a drink Oh I don't know about that but ah, You don't drink?
2: I have not yet Never in your life? Never in my life
0: Whoa, whoa! Do you want to?
2: I'd like to wait till college is over and I have
0: less responsibilities right now, but because it's got to be a big deal, right? And you—you've already said I, I understand your reasoning. And people might be out there thinking, "What you want to wait that long?" Listen, that's a—he he hasn't, you know. I, I was gonna say it in one way, I probably shouldn't do it. You haven't—you haven't broke the seal yet. Let's put it that way, right? Um, and you work so much, you sleep only four hours a night. There's yeah. not a whole lot of time to go have fun because Travion's trying to get work done. It's got to be a special occasion. All I That's ask a, is, do you mind if I be present for that special occasion? I'll, I'm inviting myself to your own party. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. All right. Travion, happy birthday. Happy 21st. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week's show. Manhattan High Basketball coming up 6.30. Taking on Shawnee Mission East. We may have a best-of show, we might not. But until then, for Travion, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.